Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska, and this is today's Bible class. A short Bible study every single day, seven days a week, only about 13 or so minutes each day, but it keeps us in God's Word, and that helps us stay strong in our faith. Because, as we keep emphasizing, faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. We encourage you to share these short studies with everybody you can all the time because you know people who need to grow in their faith. You know, you know people who need to start thinking about their soul's salvation or the lack thereof. Help them by getting them into God's Word through these studies. Share through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means with family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can. You may help somebody turn their life around and get to heaven. What a great blessing for them and for you. So start sharing today. We are in another one of those heart troubles that we've been looking at in this longer series. And in this series, we've talked about a whole host of problems of the heart from a spiritual perspective. Hatred, laziness, gossip, worry, unforgiveness, pride, harsh judgments and fault finding, anger, and now we're talking about fear. Fear. As we've noted, fear is one of the devil's most effective tools in keeping us ineffective as followers of God. Have you ever analyzed why you fear what you fear? There, someone may be listening right now and they have been afraid that they cannot live the Christian life, so they have let that fear that the devil has planted in their heart, planted in their mind, they have let that fear keep them from becoming faithful Christians. I've seen people like that. I've studied with them. Unfortunately, there are too many folks like that. They let the devil use fear of failure to keep them from becoming the most successful people they can be, and that is getting to heaven. To keep them from getting to heaven. Well, we talked about fear as being so debilitating, and there are so many different classifications of fear in our world today. As I said in introducing this particular study, sometime in one back issue of our English dictionary, there were listed 30 different phobias, 30 different phobias. Phobias are extreme expressions of fear toward one particular situation or another. Now, according to one alphabetized list that is available today, the number of phobias far exceeds that, that old count of, of 30 different phobias. I started running through the list, and I stopped counting after the C's, and the list was already well over 100, 100. Well, are you letting fear stop you from being the faithful follower of God, the dedicated Christian that God and Christ wants you to be? Let's talk about two kinds of fear. There is a kind of fear that is actually commanded in the Scriptures. There is a fear that is, is repeatedly instructed, and that is to fear God. And boy, if you look at all the different verses of Scripture that talk about that, that make that statement, Job 28 and verse 28, Psalm 2 and verse 11, 15 and verse 4, 34 and verse 9, 
Psalm 119 and verse 120, Proverbs 9 and verse 10, 16 and verse 6, the list goes on and on and on. Not just Old Testament scriptures, but also Luke 12 and verse 5, Acts 9, 31, Acts 10, verse 35, Romans 3 and verse 18, Hebrews 11 and verse 7, 1 Peter 2 and verse 17. We might even get more than that if we look at it from different wording. But so people say, fear God. And some people will, will actually use that as some kind of, of uh, a defense or some kind of a criticism of the Bible and of belief in God, because you know, why should you fear God? If God is loving God, why should you fear him? Well, this fear is commanded over and over and over again in the scriptures it's the fear that we are instructed to exhibit toward God, but it is not what we normally think of as fear. Fear, shaking in our boots, frightened to death. You know, that's not what we're talking about when we're told to fear God. That's not the kind of fear that is instructed here, even commanded here. Now, unless we are living in unfaithfulness before God, and then we do, we should fear because we're putting our eternal souls into jeopardy. In Matthew 10 and verse 28, Jesus said, And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. People who are living ungodly lives, who are living in disrespect before God, who are living in unfaithfulness to God and disobedience, they need to be afraid. They need to be fearful because they are putting their eternal souls in jeopardy. Hell is not a place to be sneezed at. Hell is not a place to be, you know, just to make jokes about and and never take it seriously. Hell is the most awful consequence that anybody could ever face. We think about some of the, the difficult, the horrible, terrible situations that people, some people face in life in this world right now. And you could think about that. How many, how many of you have watched somebody's body, physical body, waste away because they're infected with cancer? How many of you have seen somebody, known somebody, maybe in your own family, who was strong and vigorous and then they were they were in a car accident and now they're paralyzed. They're in a wheelchair. They can't move hardly anything from the neck down or maybe from the shoulders down. You see, terrible things. Those situations do not begin to compare with eternal condemnation and judgment in hell. But the devil will try to smooth things over. He'll try to get, get us to think, you know, yeah, you don't need to believe in God. God is a God is a uh, you know a God of fear. No, 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 we're told. What does that mean? It, we're not told to be afraid of God, unless again we're living in unfaithfulness and disobedience to Him. God loves us enough to have sent His Son to the cross to die on our behalf to pay the price for the guilt of our sins. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave the only, his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. 
God demonstrates his own love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5 and verse 8. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. 2 Peter 3 and verse 9, and we could go on and on with the scriptures that talk about how much God loves us and how much God has done for us to make the way for us to be able to, to be forgiven of our sins and come to salvation through Christ and before God. The fear toward God that is proper is not a shaking in our boots, frightened, terrified, afraid to death. No, we're talking about a reverential fear, a reverential fear. I remember one time many years ago, and there were, it was during a presidential campaign, and so two presidential candidates were standing on the stage debating one another. One of them was the current president. And after that particular debate, someone talked to the one who was not a presidential, uh, the president at that particular time, but he was a candidate running against the president for the election. And someone talked about how he had not done, you know, necessarily the greatest job he could have done in that debate. And he said, understand I was standing next to the President of the United States. Now, there was that reverential kind of awe that, that we're talking about here. A reverential fear is what God commands us, and this is a good kind of fear. It's the idea of holding God in deep reverence and awe, of showing him profound respect and honor in the way we conduct ourselves before him on an ongoing basis. This kind of respectful fear leads us to live holy lives before God. 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 1, let's turn over there and read what the Apostle Paul wrote in, in regards to that particular understanding. 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 1, and here Paul wrote, Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, performing holiness in the fear of God. Now, why should we put sin out of our lives? That's what he's talking about there. Because we respect God. Because we hold God in reverence. Because he created us in his image with a soul. And he's made the way by sending his son to die on that cross for us to be able to be with him forever in heaven, eternal life. Cornelius and his household are described as exhibiting this kind of fear, and it ultimately led them to salvation in Acts chapter 10, verses 1 and 2, verse 22, and verses 34 and 35. It is this kind of fear that we're instructed to have that should govern us as we follow Paul's admonition to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, with fear and trembling, Philippians 2 and verse 12. Again, the idea of holding God in reverence, in awe, because he's God. He's speaking, Paul's speaking here of how we should specifically apply Christian principles to our daily lifestyle. And this kind of respectful, obedient fear, this reverential fear, 
helped the early church to grow mightily. Acts chapter 2, verses 33, uh, 43 through 47, 3,000 about were baptized on Pentecost. Chapter 9 and verse 31, after a while it stops giving specific numbers as to how many were becoming Christians in those early days of the church, and they just started talking about multiplied and multiplied greatly. Why? Because they acted out of reverential fear, respect, awe for God's will for their lives. Now we'll talk about the other kind of fear next time. Let's pray. Father in heaven, help us to recognize that we need to be holding you in awe and reverence all of the time. And that kind of fear can help us to stay true to you because we're respecting you. Help us to turn away from and overcome the kind of fear that would keep us ineffective in our spiritual lives. Help us to glorify you always, Father. Please forgive us. Please forgive us. And hear our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.